0: Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we will learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need: an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and classes in session. Non-purist scholar.
1: Fucking twenty before we know it. Ten months. What's, uh, see what's his name again? uh Vincent the Third. That's right. It's the same. It's the same name. Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. a that's a legacy. Once you do that, yeah. and you go to the. Third? You know, it's interesting because uh,
2: it wasn't. You know, I'm a junior. I was born on my dad's birthday, which I guess is my birthday, but we have the same birthday, so that was why I was named after my father. And uh, when it came time to name my son, I was strongly against naming him after me. I, I wanted him to have his own name. Um, uh, not that I wanted my own name when I was growing up, but I could see how, you know, maybe a, a kid might want his own name instead of, you know, having his father's or feel like he's kind of living in the shadow or, or something. All all I know is I didn't want him to have my same name, but my wife was persistent on, on, uh, keeping that going. And, uh, you know, looking back now, it is kind of cool that he does have the same name, but, uh,
1: it, it gets a little weird in the house when we're always saying, you know, That's, <laughs> that's awesome. And for those of you that are wondering, the name is Vince Murdoch. Joined here today with Gary. How you doing, Gary?
0: Good. I'm also a junior, and I would not name my kid Gary. Um, that's a whack name. <laughs> I do live on Gary Avenue, though.
1: So I, I have a curiosity question. When you have a junior and you move on to the third, is that when do you become a second at that point? Or can you just have, can you go straight to the second? You
2: know everything that I've seen from what I know is I would now take on from Google anyway. I would take on what's called senior, and then my son would take on junior. Um, but I guess it's all on how you how you want to do it. I, I'm not entirely sure the rules. All I know is on his birth certificate it's the third. Um, but everything that I know from like Google says that you would you would it would uh move down as far as like junior and senior and that kind of tradition always stays the same um maybe they're separate from the first second and third and senior and juniors is is completely separate from
1: that i don't know (laughs) i like i like going directly to second i just want to put like can you put i want to do like part two or something like that and just add that to the end of their name
2: (laughs) i'm sure you can i'm I'm sure i could the
1: (laughs) (laughs) sequel
2: yeah my dad can be the prequel yeah i love it
0: <laughs> oh yeah well that's your your name's cool like gary's not ever been considered <laughs> a cool name like vince vin like that's a good name like gary nah, not
1: yeah so vinnie vince you know it's it's a mob name it's um you know i had an uncle vince that i loved dearly he was a great great man and um my cousin's name is uh vinnie as well um and that's yeah, that my uh, grandfather so yeah it's a pretty solid name it's a manly name and you've got an A team last name which is kind of badass too <laughs> so it's a yeah. good combo not bad yeah
2: interesting uh i had a speech uh development problem growing up um and i took speech classes for a very long time but uh i had a hard time saying my own name uh not because i didn't know it but uh i had a problem pronouncing like the c's and stuff they sounded like s's and, uh, so when people would ask me my name, I would actually like look at the ground and just fast talk it and try to, you know, hope that they caught it because I had a hard time, uh, with my teeth. So if people would ask, I just always look at the ground and say Vincent really fast, but it sounded like I would say it with like, kind of like a lisp and, uh, it's interesting. So, uh, that's why I actually changed my name to Vince for a long time. Um, and then when I got older. Uh, I didn't want to have the same name as my dad, so I switched it to Vinny. Um, and then when I went back onto the show for The Ultimate Fighter, uh, <laughs> I haven't went by Vincent since I was a little, little kid. Like, my mom called me, it. and uh, I am It's like, you're in trouble when well, that name pops when up. When we get to the, the interviews for the show, they're like, what do you want us to call you? And I was like, Vincent. <laughs> and it was so weird, because I haven't went by that name in forever, but it just felt right to kind of uh kind of i don't know just it felt unique to do that and i had everybody on the show kind of have a ladder
1: everybody on the show call me vince it was weird that's That's super cool though uh when you have a ladder like that because you were able to go through the various versions of your name and it shows maturity at the same time you go like vinnie and you vince and then when you get to Vincent, you expect that to be the wise of the Vince's in the you know family. What? Uh,
2: that's, it's funny you say that because that's exactly kind of how, how it was. Vince was more of like a, you know, like a younger Vinny was like, I felt like a party a party, like when I was partying a lot, I developed that name when I you know was careless and I didn't care what people called me. And then Vincent, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like I wanted some more respect with my name because I felt like I deserved it or whatever. Um, and then that, that's my actual name. Like Vinny's kind of, uh, you know, kind of can be kind of childish or silly. You know what I mean? Like Vinny, but Vincent, you know, that's, that's my name. So yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> that means you're, you're here to yeah. do business. When the name Vincent comes up, you don't think you're going into the room with somebody other than someone with like a mean handshake. <laughs> that's what I expect when I hear the name Vincent, I think right cross. And mean hands Maybe like. the, the right cross makes sense, but I don't have a very good hand jig. In fact, my hands are tiny. So, <laughs> oh, How's that work out in MMA? I mean, that's an honest to God question because there's a lot of manipulation with the hands and when you're down there on yeah. the ground, how do you do um, that? My jujitsu is not my strong suit, especially when
2: it comes to the gloves. I think I wore extra smalls on the show. Uh, they were very, up. you know, they they were pretty upset having to dig through uh, the trying to find a pair of gloves that were small enough to fit my hands <laughs> same problem yeah
0: people think uh like fighters have good handshakes but they usually don't because their hands are all fucked up like they try like yeah, they're, they're, they're like give me like mm. this weird claw thing more like it's yeah uh, like nah
1: so their their hands develop like like kind of like cauliflower ear almost they have all these different manipulated joints and things like that that the grip is just not That's okay. the same the majority of fighters that
2: i've known and met including myself from uriah you know cody garbrandt and stuff like that uh all all of you know broken their hands and pad had hand problems uh, josh emmett um you know uh uriah in the brown fight now that i think about it i don't know many fighters that that do a big squeeze i don't think it, i think it's kind of like past that point once you enter this life it's like It's more of like a knuckle bump that we would do now. I don't, I can't remember the last time I,
1: (laughs) you know, a strong handshake is, is only needed by people that are weak. I think (laughs) you don't need a strong handshake when you're giving everybody elbows to the face. That's true.
0: (laughs) No one knows how to shake hands at all anymore. Like it's mad awkward. Even with now COVID, it's even worse. Cause you used to like going for the grown man shit and then they give you one of these or then you do one of these and they like grab some people, like grab it. Like, wait, what are you doing? Like, yeah.
1: I feel like people are trying to discover your political affiliation in a handshake match now. You're like, it's a whole situation going on. So many things. You don't know who someone is. There's so many social, you know, cues that are tied to how you interact with people now.
2: The worst is when you go in and they like don't catch your hand and like catch your finger. Oh yeah. And it's like- yeah. super awkward it's so it makes awkward it you feel like a like, fish
1: <laughs> yeah. you just feel like a wuss <laughs>
2: yeah that happens
1: like you're holding the fish yeah. you don't get the squeeze like,
0: yeah that's or or do you like go to like bro hug and like they give you like the old man like
2: oh that's the worst yeah
0: <laughs> that's when you're like accidentally yeah. feel racist when you like g- g- uh. give a like i do this to everybody and then like they come yeah. in with like you're like, <laughs> oh.
1: like oh that was awkward you did that on purpose motherfucker uh. <laughs> it's because we are awkward yeah. the the human interaction experience as a whole is it's getting worse I, th- I think a lot of it is just there's so many
2: fucking damn options whereas like you know back then it was just a handshake and now there's i mean there's just so much shit going on I, there's the hug there's the handshake and the hug there's a fist bump there's some people don't, you know what I mean? Are good with just a wave now.
0: Like <laughs> Yeah. Or like the awkward, like not even the elbow, yeah, like the um, air elbow. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. Like, so, yeah, there's just too yeah, many choices. It, it Nobody is, knows which side of the line they fall on. <laughs> it's
1: like, it's like greetings, Netflix. It's too yeah. much.
0: <laughs> it, it's weird out there, man.
1: Too many things to choose from. So before we started the show, you were actually talking about, uh, you were on a, uh, your first hiatus. What's that like? Oh, just like disappearing. Yeah. yeah, you know, everybody needs a break, and I think it's important that we discuss that.
2: And yeah, why. so I mean, a little bit about me, real quick. Yeah, just a series of trials and error trying to get to the UFC. I finally get to the UFC, and uh, I was diagnosed with a brain disease called Boya and, uh, and and just you know, even before that was just always this massive battle to you know get to the show, get to the show, finally get to the show. Uh, they pulled me the day before the fight. Said you got a brain disease. You're probably not going to live very long. Um, you know, <laughs> you should be dead or you should have suffered.
1: Who says that to somebody? They shouldn't say that. Well, they line. said it like, more like, "Do you need to make that prediction met, for they
2: me?" They said it more along the lines like, "We don't understand or we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't know how your body's mm. compensating and it shouldn't be compensating." So theoretically, he, he put it nicely to, to be honest, but. So then, after that, you know, I was a candidate for emergency brain surgery because uh, it was completely closed. The artery in my brain was completely closed at the time. I get that fixed, I go through the whole recovery process. I'm, I'm busting my ass to, to make this massive comeback and recovery and, and uh, you know, just another hurdle to, to, to climb. And, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to fight within one year of having brain surgery. Sounds silly, but it was a massive milestone for me or goal that I thought was, you know, would be really cool. I got an opportunity on the contenders uh, at a weight class outside of what I would normally compete at. But again, I was excited to just get back in there and I I looked at it as an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I hadn't fought in a long time. So anyway, lost that fight. And uh, that night, actually, the night that I lost was the night that they announced the Ultimate Fighter. And I was like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I put a lot of, you know, effort into the, uh, to, to, to getting back, but I, uh, submitted all my stuff for the ultimate fighter and, uh, begged Gary and, and, uh, you know, I was feeling really good about, you know, my, I was training really hard. I was feeling really good about my performances and stuff. And I finally get, I get on the show. I win my first fight. And then in the second fight, uh, I blew out my left knee, uh, the. The fibula or the tibula, I think it's the fibula, the fibula dislocated at the top of my knee. Um, and so it's just another series of bad luck and hurdles. And here it is. The more frustrating is I felt like it's a fight that that I really wish I could have lost in a better way. If I were, if I were to lose, I, I wish it were just, I got my ass handed to me. Because I, in my opinion, I just think that was a great fight for me. And I think I would have won that fight. Um, and then, you know, I don't really like talking about it cause it is what it is and it's over now. So I lost and I'm off the show and I come back home. Uh, and then I'm just trying to, to find a fight or figure out what's next. And, uh, you know, I'm going through a bunch of, my son was about to be born and I'm trying to figure out what's the best I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm getting older and I'm trying to navigate, you know, what's best for my career, um, And, and, uh, you know, I ended up taking a short or a, a dumb fight against, uh, um, uh, opponent that I, that I, you know, was obviously had more experience in and, uh, it didn't go my way. Uh, you know, I, I went in there, I knew something was wrong, like going into the fight, but I just figured like, like, I just get through the fight and deal with it after. And, uh, anyway, the fight didn't go my way. So here I am with another big, massive setback. Um and then the day two days after the fight, I was going to do some like therapeutic, you know, like like get lost in the mountains. I ride I ride a bike or I cycle. I'm a cyclist, surprisingly. And um one of the therapies I picked up after brain surgery. But anyway, so I was riding my bike, I was up in the hills on like a 60 mile ride. I get back, I'm like a mile away from my house. I just get smoked by a car, uh, going about 50, coming out of a coming out of a parking lot um i just get hit by a car like take like launched (laughs) about two car lanes over and about 30 feet yeah it's pretty incredible uh i shouldn't be alive like that one like (laughs) there's a lot of scenarios in my life where i shouldn't be alive but this one's disgusting and um anyway the guy didn't mean to hit me but uh i was hit and then uh i hurt my other knee and i you know dislocated my shoulder in the the accident and uh And then after that, I was just like, you know what, man, I just really want to focus on being with my son. And then like, right, like that day after I just posted about that, the car accident. But from thereafter, I I was just very selective about, you know, social media um, and seeing, you know, where and what do I want out of this life. And and, uh, and, uh, that's kind of been like the big part about my hiatus is like, I'll just, you know, work behind the scenes and when I'm ready to come back, I'll come back. But right now I just really want to, um, take this time to myself because I don't know if I'll ever get, you know, that time to do that again. Cause, um, you know, once it's go time again, it it might be, you know, all gas. And, and, uh, so I just really using this opportunity to spend a lot of time with my son and doing the things that I like to do until it's back to, to everything that I've always known. And that's just grinding away. you know, trying to overcome whatever else thrown my way,
1: which is always seems to be a lot, but it's all good. That's extremely important though, because you were describing mindfulness throughout that entire portion of the uh, of your story there was that you were focusing on your son. You were focusing on what was going on right now. And that's just as important as fighting. Um, it's in fact, it, I don't think that somebody can be successful in their career or their job, if they're not successful in their internal life and in their struggles at home or whatever it is. And those that are mindful and care about their family and, and live in that environment tend to be more successful on the outside of it. That's just my opinion. Yeah.
0: It's time so, you can't have back either. I think like business. you're getting this quality time. That's like building a foundation of another human yeah, being, yeah. you know, which is good.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm constantly trying to, I always, I'm, I'm always assessing like, you know, what am I doing right now? That that's like you said, it's I'm shaping his future or I'm building him or teaching him all these things right now. And I, and I, I constantly think and like assess like the actions that I'm doing right now, you know, and I, I think the best thing that I can do to show him and I, and, and it's to live a life. Like, of me going after what I want because I think, I think learning, like, leading by example is probably one of the best things that you can do. I can't tell you how many times a teacher told me, No, 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 or whoever you, know, I, mom, dad, whatever. I, the things that I've always learned were from example, not by, you know, eh, don't stick your finger in the light socket, I'll do it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, the, always learn
1: from. I'm always learning by real world yeah. applications. You get out there and you do some trial and error and, you know, okay, that sucked. Don't put my hand on the yeah. hot thing and move so, on. Um, I think uh, me just, just trying to overcome a lot of
2: these adversities and, and, uh, and just, you know, doing the things that I want to do and pursue in my life, I think will eventually show my son that, that things are um, achievable. And he can dream big. I think when me growing up, that was like the, my, one of my biggest problems was uh, uh, I didn't believe in myself until I was like halfway through my 20s and not because I didn't want to, just because it didn't seem like a reality that I could do these things because no one ever told me I could, uh, which sounds silly. But when when you don't think you can do them, you have no reason to believe that you it's can do silly. them, you know what I mean? And, uh, you yeah, know, you, there's just, uh, yeah, I just, that's how I it to to. to raise my son is is just by going doing it like chasing my dreams i think ultimately are gonna
1: help is gonna help him the most
0: about the environment
1: affirmations and limitations have the same weight in life if you're not if you're given limitations you're gonna live to them and if you're not given affirmations you won't rise to them just doesn't work that way so you have to find what your successful affirmations are and you found your way to self-soothe and take care of yourself to a point that you turn that corner and could start you know attacking life the way it is. I love that. I think that that is something that you're setting a great example for your son in taking a moment and focusing on yourself. Because that's going to teach him that his value is much more than any career or anything else. That's not first. Inside is first, and once that is that structure is built, you're so much stronger on the outside. You're able to affect more change. You're able to do better things. And I, I'm just saying, I'm commending you for it because that is an example that a lot of people won't do. They sit, they wallow, and they don't take care of, you know, who they are. Yeah, you know, I, I just think that with a lot of the,
2: all the way, every adversity that's handed towards me as of late, um, he's going to see the way that I've handled all those things. And like, you know, did I choose to come back and fight or did I give up and call it quits? Or did I, you know what I mean? Like, how did I handle all the, I think that's what's going to show. In, in, you know i mean kind of shape like those things are the things that we'll look back on and and then we'll see and he's gonna grow up seeing and learning and being through it and living through it and you know he'll watch the show um and see those things you know and just going for it you know like we grew up in a similar
0: environment and there's not a lot of like people around that are making shit you know of themselves like you know mm-hmm. it's like a, you, you got assistant manager at the factory. Like, that was like a big deal. You know, that's yep. like you're, you're killing it. You know, are you like, you
1: know, bro, you're rich where I come from if you were the assistant manager yeah. of yeah. like yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's like a lot of, you know, cold, poverty, and, you know, jail is like, like, when are you going to go to jail? Like, well, I, just everyone yep. goes, you know, it's like, it's like graduation. Like, oh, I fucking, oh, you know, big, like, people like would celebrate that shit when you got back out, you know? oh you know hey did you know that one yeah. guard was in there oh was fucking bologna fucking baloney sandwiches fucking gross huh like you know it's like yeah not a lot of people are like oh, man, like oh man you could fucking kill that shit like go fucking be a whatever you know like just yeah. seeing you I go guess, for it is a good example for him like
2: just i guess that's that's what i'm trying to say because i i grew up yeah i grew up in you know michigan and you know most of my older generation or the the people before me grew up working in the car factories and Even when I graduated high school, I, you know, I had three MIPs and I was in and out of trouble with the law and stuff. And, uh, you know, I remember when I met Darren Crookshank, who was also on the Ultimate Fighter a few, many seasons before me, um, you know, and I was living with him. And uh, even then it took, you know, that guy had to struggle to, to get me to believe in myself. He was constantly just telling me, he's like, man, you can do whatever you want. Like he's the most careless Yeah he's a character uh but (laughs) um but he he was always telling me it's amazing what our mind will do you know he's the one that kind of really pushed me into this part of my life and you know back then i was just fighting to just to kind of stay out of trouble you know i was you know my three best friends uh one of them's passed away now uh were all in jail and, uh, my, I think, uh, my, oh, my dad calls me up cause he's also in jail <laughs> and, uh, who also has the same name as me. And my dad's on the phone with me and he's like, you're never going to guess who's in here. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so anyway, my buddy takes the phone.
1: Um, no, I'm like, not, I'm not playing this and, game.
2: Uh, <laughs> I've played anyway, this game. so it's my buddy. His name's Ruben. And, and, uh, he was like, he's like, Hey dude, it's it's like, you're in here except, you're not like we got your dad but it's like you're here you know what I mean and he's like so it was like all four of, like you know it was all three of my best friends and my dad is he he subbed in for me basically but you know that was just the kind of the reality of like you know kind of I don't want to say that's where I was headed but that was like that was the crowd that I was you know a part of at the
1: time and uh you're preaching to the choir yeah uh, all of my friends were arrested immediately after I joined the army they were all like drugs and everything in between, and they've been in and out ever since. Friends, you know, family members, whatever they are, all of them in and out of the system. It's, um, it takes a lot to break that cycle. Yeah. It, it I mean, mine was kind of on accident, but yeah. And, uh, you know, if it
2: hadn't been for guys like Cruickshank, uh, you know, who knows where the cycle had been. But I think a lot of what stood out the most was, uh, how he lived. Like, again, Darren, Darren showed me the most by the way he lives his life, not the things, you know what I mean? Like he showed me that I could go after things. And, and if you put in the work, you know, things are, you can accomplish a lot. And, uh, and even now like watching him be a father, uh, it seems like he's so good at it. I aim to be a better father. So guys like that and Uriah and like people that I really look up to, um, it's not so much the things they tell me, it's, it's how they live their lives. that I think says the most and, uh. You know, I I kind of want to mm. be the same way. I think I think that just says a lot.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, example's always better, you know, because people are telling you to do something and they're not doing it themselves. It's, like, hard to really, you know, believe that shit, you
2: know? It's, like, you got to see. It's just hard to sometimes. grasp. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, when you see something, you can see
1: something, but sometimes when people. Yeah, what is it? Those that can't do teach or tell you what to do, and they, you know, when they can't do the actual action themselves? Yeah. yeah. It's, like,
0: yeah, I don't think I don't need to see people being successful all the time cuz you're going to fail but I'd, like seeing people go for it like that's what motivates me like you got to be willing well, to like eat shit do, you know
2: Yeah well that's the thing most most successful people I mean you look at like the rock or like any of those guys the most successful people have failed many 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 times they probably fell down 10 times to win one time I don't I mean I don't know I have just you know, I've learned a lot about like some of the most successful people. I mean, Michael Jordan, like whoever's life that you're looking at is full uh, of adversity and losses and, um, you know, that's,
1: that's kind of what it takes. It's all how you define yeah. failure. Ah, sure. Sure. To a degree. I mean, you look at some of the best fighters, if you love what you're doing, you're not failing at it. If you're failing at it, cause you're just constantly honing what you love. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, I agree. <clears throat> It's like it, fighting's tough because it's like there's a wins and losses. So like, yeah, if you're not winning, <laughs>
2: fun to lose, <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. But if you're <laughs> not living at all life that you want to live, you know, like at the end of this, if it was like, you know, you never became a world champion, if you could go all the way back and just never fight and just went at a regular ass job the whole time, like you probably still would take the fighting route, even though you didn't yeah. make it to like what your ultimate goal is. You lived the life that you wanted to live, and you fought and. You got to see the world and you know you got to like do fun shit and like if it doesn't go all the way to the top you know it's to me personally like if i don't ever like direct a hundred million dollar movie if i don't ever win an emmy like i'll take that over you know what i'm doing now over like just a regular old like safe nerf ass life that's like yeah taking
1: the Rookie, risks t-mobile sales ass <laughs> <Yeah>. life <laughs> Nerf ass life. That sounds like a t-shirt, man. I'm gonna yeah, live I mean, part of what makes everything
2: um, so good is and it sounds silly, but is like kind of the route, the journey, you know what I mean? Like that's like kind of what what it is about, you know what I mean? Like fighting is great, but that's only a small moment. Like it's it's the gym, it's the training, it's the lifestyle. Like that's part of you know, it is that uh you know, the whole the, the bigger you know piece of the pie is 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 living it the like the not that end goal of getting the hand race i mean that's a fucking yeah. 15 second thing oh well, yeah because then you're just right under the next one anyway win or lose you know so it's more so the you, you know, fight an hour stuff like an active yeah.
0: fighter fights an hour the whole year like right you know we've like four, yeah 15 minute fight. fights yeah yeah like
1: you got to yeah, love the, profit. the actual
0: fight is very, very small. Like you have to like all that other shit or at least like, you know, I think one of the Diaz brothers says you got to hate, love it so much. You hate it or hate it so much. You love it. Like it's like embrace the grind type of shit. It's just got to like, you got to have it or you don't, you know, cause it's so much yeah. effort
1: to get I can't there. Imagine not being passionate about something that I get belted in the face There's over. Like it would really be, shitty day if I half-heartedly loved, it. like, it'd be like getting punched as a cashier. No thanks. Yeah, I don't think
2: many guys would even venture down this road. Like, it'd be hard to even really be good at it, though, if you weren't really enjoying it. Because then you're you're just not putting the same kind of energy into it, which would not give you the same results. Just my opinion, but. Yeah, people <laughs> get, like,
0: to a certain level of, like, freakishly athletic or they have, like, like, like God-given talent or whatever, but if you don't love it and you don't have, like, the ethic, like, that'll only take you so far, you know? It's like, I've seen guys that are just freaks of nature, but, and that got them, you know, to the, you know, mid-range, but they didn't try, they didn't care, they didn't love it, then you're not gonna go all the way, you know? I think you gotta have, yeah, you, you gotta have it in this. Um, especially when, like, one moment, you know, it's over, you know? It's like, at any moment, like, a fight could be over. It's not like, if you're good at basketball, you could be good enough to like stay in Have the game, come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But fighting, Man. like one second changes the yeah. whole thing.
2: <laughs> you know, it's fucking
0: crazy. It's like it's it's heartbreaking when you watch somebody lose in that second, and then like the best feeling in the world when you care about somebody, you watch them fucking win in that second. You know, it's like, you know, not to say I, I feel a certain type of way about any of your opponents, but I know you like, you know, really well and like watching you get that highlight real knockout, like so fucking happy. And then Watching, like, the fucking knee pop out, it's, like, devastating. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's, like...
2: You know, but honestly, it's kind of what makes this sport so beautiful is because of, you know, tragedies kind of like that, and that's, like, it's part of the art, you know, and it sounds so silly, but, you know, the losses are a massive part of, like, why it feels so good to to win and the victories are so sweet. So sometimes you got to just play your part, I guess, but... uh. Yeah, that's just, that's just the, the, the role of the dice. That's just the way it is, but it is truly a, a, you know, an art, a form of art.
1: It's, it, it really is. And I think that, uh, fighters are on a stage. I come from a completely different perspective because you guys know the sport. I don't (laughs) know shit about the sport. I watch it. That's, that's what I do. I'm a professional spectator. It's about as far as it would go, but you do have the there's a certain amount of transference that a fan has that they put onto these fighters and i can see someone like yourself attracting a big fan base because you look adversity in the face and keep going and i see that you're now you know in a position where you're on a hiatus what is your current passion that you're pursuing while you're on this um you know some of the i mean one is is
2: just being a father that i know that i am proud of i know it's being possible to be the best father but uh one that that you know that i can be whole that i'm proud to be and that that's something i'm always working on being you know a great husband and stuff but being a father really stands out to me just because sometimes it was kind of a missing link in my life and i just uh, I enjoy it so much. I just want to be able to do the job so well, even though there's no, you know, end goal to it because it's going to be going on forever. It just, it excites me. Um, and the other part would just be really trying to, you know, when I, I want to come back to fighting, but I want to make sure I do it different than I have before in a way that's uh, not reinvented, but, you know, I can kind of really find like, like we Speaking about the love for it again, like I absolutely love com It's not that I love fighting. I love competing. Like, I, I can't say that enough. I absolutely mm-hmm. love the idea of going out there and just testing my ability against another's ability. And, you know, a lot of the mindset is just, I don't think like, I'd feel like I'm hard to beat just because I've worked so hard to be there. Um, you know, I have no problems or qualms with losing to the guy that that uh that
1: beats me because he's better than me you know what i mean and and uh it's it just sucks i think that's that's hard for a lot of people to understand i gotta be honest it's hard for a lot of people to understand the embracing of someone other than yourself in you know a fight and and wishing that kind of well you know or respecting in that manner a lot of people don't get that. Oh uh, yeah. You, you know, once they've been hit in the face, they feel they like you Ren. know they, they want ill will they have yeah, they yeah. see red, they see all these things, but fighters have that that camaraderie and that mutual respect that you see afterwards. And even yeah, you know, I guess a certain amount of it's gotta be some hype. I mean yeah. some of the shit talking's gotta be I mean, be.
2: some people do tend to there there, I mean I know a few fighters that need to be riled up a little bit in order to compete. Uh it's just it's hard in my opinion, just because we're in a you know, Monday through Friday, we're constantly competing with each other in the gym. So keep that kind of energy, that animosity to like, sometimes it just doesn't feel any different to want to, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my opponent, get old? yeah, it's like you've just been punching people for so long. <laughs> like the, the idea of it when you go to fight someone doesn't sound as crazy to me as it does to the next guy because he's like, fuck, if yeah, I had more- to punch that guy, you know what I mean? Like it's like I punch people all fucking day for 15 years (laughs) like now i just gotta go do it in front of a crowd yeah like the guy could be really cool like i don't fucking know but i just don't think of it like in that 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 mindset i mean have i ever not liked one of my opponents sure but not even enough to like you know like where I have to like be super angry. In fact, before I started fighting, I remember what it was like to fight angry, and it's fucking hard, man. Like your adrenaline's going, your fucking heart yeah, rate's very full. You're just like, you never look yeah, good well, either. You never look good. I remember good. like punching him. Like, <laughs> dude, I hope he fucking like he he dies or something because I don't know how much more I got left in me. And like, you know what I mean? You're just yeah. constantly like evaluating <laughs> like how much like fight you have left in you. In, in, Fifteen yeah, and, seconds. Uh, yeah, that's like that right. honestly was you where know, <laughs> yep. I was a like competitor, like that's that's what it was. Like that's a terrible way to to to, to try and compete.
1: <laughs> no. And you never look good during it or after it. Those kind of fights you come out with like a collar that's 3 feet yeah. wide. You got skid marks in weird yeah, no, no. spots and you're just you're just angry and there's uh, somebody's looking at yeah. you disappointed. Yeah, or your every cu- time. Or your cup. There's a disappointed face out there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's yeah, never gonna play
1: thing. good angry and it never works no you shouldn't it's not uh it's not anything that you should ever do unless it's um necessary for protection yeah or something like that or if it's what you. yeah
2: even then you're you're still you, yeah. i mean i think protection it's it's probably best to have like a cool head or at least try to in those situations yeah whether it be preventative to absolutely to, to do something or you know just because that shit can get shit can get real, real, you know what I mean? Real fast. <laughs> so it'd be better not to be right. emotionally, uh, driven or, you know, your thought process, not emotionally thought out, I guess.
0: Yeah. Can win or lose. That's bad.
1: The calm guy is the one you want to avoid in that situation. Anyway, like that's the one I'm keeping my <laughs> eye on. I don't want the guy that's losing his, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: I, the other that's way. me. The why? Like, cause I like deep down, like I really did like was hoping they didn't want to fight me, you know, like probably he's like loud screaming and getting like all wild it's like it's kind of like a defense mechanism in a way like hopefully they'll just be intimidated and not want to fucking fight me like the guy that really <laughs> wants to fight is just sitting yeah that's like, exactly what it is back on it like i did like to fight a lot when i was younger but it was like more to prove to other people that i was tough i didn't really like yes like it.
1: yeah i was made to fight by situations i never wanted to fight like i'm just not that dude like i don't want to go out and you know hurt somebody But I was constantly raised in a situation and around friends and and family that all your pride and everything was around whether or not you could take on somebody else or get your ass kicked or kick somebody's ass. And then if anybody did anything to fucking disrespect you, just something that somebody else perceives as disrespect, you don't even give a fuck about it. Like, it doesn't even, it's not on your radar. But suddenly... That person has to be oh, yeah, dealt I mean with. It. Otherwise, Fighting. you're shame. Fighting really is
2: like the universal language and like cycle of life, which is like why it's always intrigued me. Um in other sports did it. You know, you got basketball or checkers or whatever fucking sport that is. At the end of the day, if I can I kick your ass, yeah, I'd probably have a weird sports to mix. But you know what I'm saying? Like if someone beat me in a game at <laughs> it and they were like stoked on it i'd be like bro i still fuck you up so what's it matter you know what i mean and that was always my my thought process <laughs> like you know you beat me in a game of basketball and they're getting all like if someone's to get hype and it's like well at the end of the day where does this all boil down to where does this all lead to you know what i mean it's like i mean even mm. in, in basketball fights break out it's like why because they're so competitive so it's like ultimately yeah. how do you settle something it's it's with a fight and uh I think that's, it's
1: just so universally like spoken. It's like a language. It is a language. I would agree with that. I mean, we've got religions built around it over, you know, millennia, so many different martial art forms. Cause Gary and I are talking about doing something coming up in, uh, maybe what October timeframe and, and doing some, a run on like martial arts and mental health, you know, and that kind of thing and bringing some fighters together. I'm going to fly out there to Vegas. And um meet with them there. So I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um the it's an art, it's a religion, it's all those things wrapped into one when it's embraced properly and it's not aggressive. It shouldn't be aggressive until it needs to be
2: aggressive. Yeah, you know, I mean as far as martial as far as like sport martial arts, it it shouldn't be. Um
1: it should be therapeutic, really. <laughs> yeah. It really should. And I want to kind of switch gears because um, I, watched, I, I watched you for a while and I loved seeing you come back from things and the way that people supported you and, you know, when the, the battle with Moya Moya and how you were, you were a beacon for people to return back to the ring. That was that transference I was talking about earlier. Um, but it looked like you were using a lot of really cool tools. Not just the people around you supporting you, and you know the you were, you said you're an avid cyclist. I, I used to mountain bike up and down the Kamakura River River in uh, Tokyo. Like I would go back and forth in Japan. I love awesome. that. Um, I hate bikes, <laughs> but I saw that one of the one of the affiliates that you had and you've supported for a while is is medicinal marijuana, and coming from someone that has a brain, I, I don't know how to describe it, disease disorder or whatever it's classified as. Um, Have you found that utilizing medicinal marijuana, it helps with your overall well-being? Is that something that you support? Yeah, you know, especially everyone's situation is going to be a little
2: different, but the more I, like, Mm -hmm. work, if I were to dive into it and and really focus on, like, my diagnosis and what comes with it, uh, I, I start thinking about the other people that have this disease, And, you know, I'm doing pretty well in comparison. Um, We lose, you know, someone from this disease pretty regularly or more often than I care to admit. And it's always really sad when you see it. I belong to a, you know, a group and a community that we all keep in touch. And, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of them that have suffered the stroke, um, you know, they, they, they. It, a lot of the things that they do are not their fault it's it is scary to have a brain disease. it is scary mm. to to navigate life like this so you know m- marijuana definitely could be uh you know used for for anxiety and amongst those things pain relief and and um mm. and it's something I would definitely advocate for, especially in in my you know for my brain disease uh and other rare diseases as well. it's just um, you know, what's sad to see is that sometimes a lot of these people are so scared of the disease that they run to the to, you know, um I I'm not a huge fan of the big pharma yes, versus I guess is what I'm yeah. trying to say. They'll they'll take the, the pill. Yeah, no, I'm with next you. thing you know, you know, they're they're they don't want to exercise because they feel like they're just they'll find an excuse to not exercise and it's like you want to give yourself the best chance at living a life and the best chance is being in the, the your best self and that means being healthy active you know exercising eating right um they sometimes look for an opportunity to live a little less and you know uh ultimately it it hurts them because now they're not giving their body the best chances of, of fighting the disease day, day by day or
1: not a strong platform it's, to fight it's yeah. like a waste of time i advocate for it as well i i believe that um there's a reason that we utilize it or it should be utilized i mean we have the endocannabinoid system within our our entire body we're designed to intake it and i had a uh, a psychiatrist or psychologist uh, tell me one time um what medicine actually is because I, I i hear what you're saying big pharma does scare me it should too, and they, they stuff all these pills down your neck but one of the things that was described to me was that pills serve a purpose only for a period of time. When it comes to mental health, um, I know you weren't specifically talking about that, but I like to bring it up because you said anxiety and that kind of thing. And that pills, like your antidepressants and your your SSRIs or whatever the hell you know somebody would go on, they are good for a certain amount of time and they're only to give you a baseline so that you can address the actual problem that's causing the need yeah. for it. That's how it was described to me. And that makes more sense to me than just handing me a bucket of pills with no expiration yeah, th- date. When given, there should
2: be directions. Like what, what's the therapeutic, you know, uh, way out of this, this situation. It, it should come with like exercise. Like these are the things you'd be doing, not like to the pharmacy, you know, take two of these, you know, we'll up your dose in six months or whatever it is, like, um, it's that's that's like the cancer of America in my opinion. And and it's sad to see and it's you know, I'll always advocate for other things, um, yeah, okay. natural. Uh, you know, honestly, marijuana's been, been great to me. Uh psilocybin has
1: been my main focus since the brain surgery, uh, something I'm incredibly passionate. <laughs> really, I'd love to. I'd love to talk about that at some point. I've never, ever, ever tried, and it's something that's been on my radar. I believe in a lot of these different modicum's of relief that we utilize, like you know ayahuasca, psilocybin, mm-hmm. cannabis. These are all naturally occurring elements within the earth, and there's a reason the earth doesn't make mistakes. We've seen it a million trillion times over. It's talking to us, and if these are the things that provide us the relief and the escape from the insanity that is the human condition, we should be fucking doing it responsibly. But doing it and finding out, its it, the onus is on us to figure out what is going to break this fucking human condition, and that is one of them. My wife never done a drug in her life. She would stuff weed down my neck every chance <laughs> she got. She's like, no, you need to <laughs> smoke something, you know, because she knows that it gives a positive impact yeah. on me. That it calms me down, that it makes me, you know, it gives me more concentration. I can great music, things like that. So I'm, I appreciate your advocacy for it because it gives people that have that fear of the social stigma that's been given to drugs like that. It gives them a voice and an opportunity to exercise, you know, their rights, their abilities to have that comfortable life that everybody has. That's the biggest battle that that we're going to constantly
2: have to. Keep trying to overcome. It's 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 so interesting. It's like, you know, you'll have to fight the stigma of marijuana that was you know developed in the '60s or whatever. Yet you'll we keep when when is the stigma of big pharma? Like when do we when do people start to figure out that that you know these medicines and these prescriptions are doing more damage than they even realize? I mean, they don't even know. The alcohol. Uh, yeah, alcohol is terrible for oh, you man. Like god alcohol is the worst
0: just, everybody drinks you know it's like not looked at as a bad thing at
2: all I was, it's like a I lot of it is the education though it People, is well it's yeah marketing like they and don't education know. they don't like we don't go to school to tell you how bad alcohol is if you really want to know how bad it is you'd have to like really search for it yourself you know same or thing look like at American anybody that diet, drinks a lot these foods yeah, but like even then, you just you don't know, like ah, wow. Well, maybe he just drinks too much, or it wouldn't yeah. happen to me. It just yeah. happens to him. It's a trillion dollars of you know? marketing
0: throughout the years mm-hmm. and making it cool
2: and the hot. Right. You know, they, 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 yeah. it's, it's a show, like a social. You know, that, like, I'd tell you at least ninety yeah. percent or seventy percent of like my friends or people that I know that drink don't really think it's that bad for you, though. They just like, well, it's such a social thing. They
1: don't realize yeah. that it's that it's so terrible. No, they do. You know what I mean? Yeah, they do. They they know that's why they're saying that you don't walk around saying something is safe if it doesn't need to be called out or you're not partially believing that it without it. I know that we see it on the outside, but if you got to say smoking is good for you or it's not that bad every time you have a cigarette, eh, it's probably well, yeah. bad. I mean, for I, you. I drink that's for, just for years, and sometimes,
2: like you know, I actually I'm two years sober back in February, I'm really proud of it. And uh, I only quit because it was part of the recovery from the brain surgery. And I wanted to see if I could even do it. It had nothing to do with like, I thought alcohol was bad. I was just like, well, my fucking dad drank his life away. Like, let's see if I can just take six months. And then, and then it, it took doing that to like, show me like how much i fucking drank and how much i relied on it and then uh, observing like just seeing that the you know everybody's waiting for the week and everybody's going to the bar like let's grab some drinks like and i'm just in here thinking like this would have been me this would have been me like every time an opportunity like this would have been me and it's like uh you know it took me to quit drinking to see how bad drinking really was versus like something happened to me it was my coping mechanism yeah yeah for a lot of years it was my coping yeah and Bad. Real just bad like he didn't know any most people don't know any better they, it's what they see it's how they knew it's how they grew up they know it for
1: you know um yeah it's it's unfortunate i've been like six years i don't think i've had a drink in six years because nothing ever good came no. from a drink <laughs> i never woke up the next day and said that yeah. was a good idea so what's the definition of insanity eh, it's doing the same thing over and over again and i've never come closer to dying on anything other than alcohol I've never, you know, all of the bad decisions in my life have been somewhere. I like near
0: to introduce now. you to Angel Dust.
1: There have not been anything but that. <laughs> oh, angel <ooh>. Dust. What? <laughs> 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 Holy shit! <laughs> who who jokes like that, man? You went from <laughs> Bud. I just, went, or I to just threw
0: it in like random <laughs> shit
1: to catch, like yeah, he did. He yeah, got cocaine like... earlier. I was told once by a friend that I should never, ever, ever, ever try cocaine. Because I would likely,
0: yeah. But
2: it's like I people, that, it That's people that are now, people that are
0: mad hyper, like no. do coke, and like they're, they're, it's like the opposite, like how people do ritalin.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, like zero in. Yeah, it's like. But uh, yeah, I mean, oh, maybe I should do. <laughs> dude, Trust me, it's not like no. It's the it sucks. thing. I mean, cocaine is uh there. You just. I'm not gonna say like did I do it or not or whatever. That's whatever. But like, just the amount of drugs that aren't as pure when you're getting them from these days. Like, I wouldn't trust anything uh, of that sense, Dude. especially with all what's the, the the big one, fentanyl. It's scary, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't touch a street drug. No, ever. I'll try them out. No, hell no,
1: next, no, because yeah. no, everybody thinks they're a. Amateur nah, you like, Look now. at that shit. Google okay. makes everybody think that they're fucking breaking bad or some shit. And they're out there just didn't they have like a whole bunch of people who got hurt really bad when they started cutting uh cannabis oil with uh vitamin E or whatever it was, making those off the those off market uh vapes. Yeah, those cartridges, those uh, yeah. Those cartridges <laughs> that were cut with vitamin yeah. E. Just the vitamin it sure like, Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, no, not to inhale, chief. Fuck. Like <laughs> I think- it requires just a
0: little bit more. The natural work. stuff's the way to go, um, <laughs> I, the With the psilocybin, yes. like that, that had a totally life changing moment for me too. Like it, I was in the worst part of my life, and that it was like overnight completely changed everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot with a lot of these things still come a responsibility, and I think that needs to be spoken to, because sometimes mm. a lot of people just bring up the the you know weed weed or Or this but if it's not done responsibly Like just like anything You know too much coffee whatever like you can You can abuse something and it can you know You take too much shrooms you'll end up on the fucking mood You know what I mean but if you do it In a responsible way it can be Very therapeutic and I'm talking like Life changing Um, Life changing you're right And I've you know I've helped many people With it and and that's probably one of the bigger ones I hope to do but you can only do it with education Because if you speak about shrooms we're going to talk offline.
1: <laughs> I, I've got some questions for you offline. I'm dead Just serious. grab a handful just, and eat one those One of the things for me is that I, I've understood that. The, just
0: grab a big handful and just eat them. That's all. Forget all the
1: other stuff. Oh, Jesus Let Christ. me know when you get back to well, <laughs> What What fascinates me about them is that they mimic the same awareness that you achieve through long-term meditation. Yeah. I meditate every day. I've been meditating for almost three years now. I haven't missed a single day. And everything that I've ever read about all of these types of drugs that we're discussing, they all have the same end game, an ego death, uh, as some kind of you know, lift in a veil. And that fascinates me. Why is the earth pushing so hard for us to have that kind of understanding about reality? So it, it makes me super curious. Monks have been doing it forever. India, they use shrooms, bong, everything in between. You know, so it's super fascinating to see how it's all kind of coming together. Yeah.
2: It's it's it, mesh. It's pretty incredible, man. Uh I can't, you know, say it enough how how beneficial it's been for me just becoming, you know, a better person and, and kind of learning more about myself. Um, but again, it, I can't it comes with a great responsibility. Um, and I think education is probably you know, when you, when you when I speak about it, I can't speak about it without trying to you know educate that it's i would only use this in a more therapeutic sense uh whereas it's also been known as like a weekend party thing and uh that's just not what i would i
1: don't see a need for
2: that yeah no i mean i don't i'm just saying like if it's the best way to go about it right now in today's you know world i guess would would help educate you know i think that's how we're going to reach the most people with it uh and trying to lift again like a stigma uh you know, like marijuana has, because most people associate shrooms as, you know, something the hippies did and went to Woodstock with, you know,
1: so. They, <laughs> they look Madness, pretty happy. Blah, blah, all those things. They were a good time. They look
0: pretty happy. What's that? You know, like, probably, you know, it's not the best thing to, to overuse these types of things, but like, for the most part, you don't see upset hippies or angry or, <laughs> that, you know, it's like. very,
1: very true. You know, <laughs> Woodstock be, up, like. Woodstock was a hook, if I recall. Wasn't <laughs> it like, a dad- Gary, didn't you tell me a story about Sweden or somewhere like that where they had a bar where one was alcohol yeah. or Amsterdam, one bar alcohol, the other weed. You want to tell I first them went about there, that?
0: Two thousand. There's two brothers. One owned a pub and one owned a weed shop, and they were, like on the same block, whatever. And by the door, um, in the weed shop, there was like check marks, like you know how you count to five and like just a whole bunch of them, right, on like one side of the door and like one check mark on the other side. The so I ended up talking, and he said. Well, my brother owns the bar. That's how many fights they've had this year. And that's how many we've had ever. And it was one. And uh, and it was just like, and his brother ended up coming in and he's like, you had a fight? He's like, yeah, because the guy came over from the fucking bar drunk and we had to throw him out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the only yeah. fight they yeah. had was we a drunk know, like, guy. Uh, <laughs> That's actually, I really like that. That's actually a really good um, test or, you know, way to kind of, yeah. Analogy, yeah. I yeah. never got yeah. high
0: and wanted to fight somebody. Like. Maybe maybe I destroy a bag no, of... No, I'll fight a
2: bag of Funyuns like a
0: Spanish. son of a bitch. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Man, I, I can't remember the last time I've had Funyuns if I'm being real. You want to know something the super dude. sad? I, when you grow up poor, you don't get a lot of name brand shit ever. So you don't know what the fuck, you don't look at the word Funyun ever. You get like, you know, Wise brand O-rings or like once every O-rings. six months. And it did not dawn on me until like two years ago. The funions were fun <laughs> onions. Oh
2: wow! Is that it? I had no idea. We both made fun
0: onions. Fun and onions, like And you didn't. No way! It's
1: it you. know. the first time. <laughs> it's a fun one onion.
2: Well, I, I
1: feel like <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> right? That. When someone said that to me, I was like, "That's oh, not oh. fair." How did I not yeah, realize I mean, this? I
2: don't know. It's never talked about. It, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's not really Funion, a topic of onion. conversation really but yeah
2: well I you did I, I, with my whole life i'm fucking 30 years old i just learned <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> well i feel like i monopolized all of gary's attempts to talk oh, no. today um so he just got super excited <laughs> to have you on gary do you have any uh any any questions you want to ask or anything like that
0: yeah i mean um i didn't realize how bad the cycling accident was um holy fuck and do do you like do you you get right back on like when you can or are you like were you hesitant
2: um I actually started riding like the the you know a couple days afterwards um just because it was kind of like the only thing I could do I mean pedaling isn't that hard but throwing punches and kicks and stuff I messed up my hip pretty bad I actually next week will be my first week kind of back in the gym um throwing punches and stuff so i'm excited for that and uh yeah man i mean more importantly or more more i mean the biggest thing to come out of that was just how fast you know it was kind of like godly to get hit and just you know it was i was hit from behind so i never saw it coming i just got lifted and i was just like oh fuck here here we go you know what i mean i was like this is i've seen you eat shit before too like Wow. man I, i was hit at like 50 miles per hour this guy was going about 45 or something like that and uh
1: the f- you you yeah, I
2: have the I have the video, Man. but I'm not allowed to post it because of the, the lawsuit or
1: whatever. Um, Bro, do you watch yeah, it? see that's something fighters I'm can do. Like I don't think I could see myself not in control of myself,
0: possibly <laughs> I've watched dying. Vince. That is not I've watched the video of like, them I can like 300 hundred times at least. <laughs> I,
1: uh, I'd watch his. I wouldn't watch uh, my own you know, like that's you know, kinda like watching your own ugh. You watch your own porn? What good. (laughs) That's something different, man. That's the saddest thing ever. (laughs) No, that's what I look like. I don't want to see (laughs) myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? I don't want to see myself (laughs) mooshing on somebody. No, my wife would like, that's her scar to bear, not mine. (laughs) She's got to look at
0: me. Vince is from the Detroit area, and uh, I worked out there a long time. We were at a Coney place at like 3 in the morning. And this was back like DVDs where like people slang DVDs. This guy comes oh, in, yeah. he's like, I got all these porno DVDs. They're like three for $10. <laughs> and he's like, just had like a gang of them. And he like wouldn't leave us alone. So my boy I was working with is like, just fucking give them to me. Like gave him 20 bucks. Like, watch the white one. It's just like a white disc, you know? And I just watch that one. It's the best one, you know? So we get back and he, like, like yeah. throw it in. And it's like, like regular porn, like whatever. And it just gets like all grainy. And this was like a very tall, skinny black dude. And uh, it just gets all green Was and it, it pops him? up, and it's just him just nailing this big white chick <laughs> and he's just doing this.
1: At the end, he just smiles. <laughs> and it's like the <laughs> He gave yeah, a he video just, like of He looks out,
0: like <laughs> the worst splays in ever, and he's just like, she's like been over and he's like nailed like for three minutes, and he's like, it just ends on a freeze frame of him
2: dude like, hey, <laughs> that is awesome absolutely I, I legendary. love this guy now oh, yeah. Point
1: Island too. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's you in the show man well I I want to thank you so much Vince for coming on man you're such a cool dude you're real authentic and I think you're inspirational too the way that you take on all these challenges and I know that the people that are on your social media and stuff like that that they they look up to you they transfer some of their will onto your will and they they really want to see you succeed and i feel like that you're really giving them something to look forward to or look up to so i appreciate you for that and thank you for coming on and as far as i'm concerned i know gary would say yeah no doubt i appreciate that anytime thank you guys market. thanks man appreciate it yeah
0: you. i'm a bit older than you but i still have like got tons of inspiration from you since you know first, <laughs> first it's like thank first you. you know and then we could see eye to eye you know because we're like five four um but like <laughs> You know, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely had days where I've thought of, like about not doing something and like we mo- were motivated by the shit that you were doing and just got my ass up and, and got it going. It's happened more, more than once, you know? So it's good to have people like that. Like it sucks. You've had to go through a bunch of shit, man, but the, the fucking story is going to be, you know, even better than most. And all the things that you're going to achieve are based off all these things that you've been through. So I think, uh, no 100%. risk, no reward, man like a hundred hundred percent have been an accountant for your whole life and fucking get to watch <laughs> at 65 and get the rv and travel to arizona and croak you know it's like most people's fucking dream you know like i'll take yeah. the fucking
1: man that yeah, sucks yeah i'll not
0: sucks. Yeah, I'll, I'll like take that. the risk as well but like i'm not riding a bike bikes are fucking stupid and uh <laughs> and i'm <laughs> i hate Eight bikes, bikes.
1: Stupid. <laughs> that's a blight yeah, statement, like, man.
0: Like all yeah, bikes. Like, people like, that ride bikes are like they're sketchy they're, for
2: sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm more afraid of hitting oh, somebody. Man, like, up, but good on them. That's doing something dumb. Like they're all over the place. Like just cut you yeah. off. No, I hear you. Oh, fuck, if I'm in a yeah, Cadillac, yeah. dog.
2: Like I will yeah. run you the fuck over. Like
0: <laughs> and then my life's
2: over now because you like, <laughs> like all crazy. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm riding, I, I, I always witness, and I'm just like, man, this is why people hate cyclists. Like, Yeah, i have always yelled at the guys that I ride with and stuff. So.
0: Yeah, the guy leopard skin tights. Yeah, he put me off in leopard skin tights, and oh, I'll be so mad at you, dude. <laughs> They're like,
1: that's her skin oh, tights. That yeah. oh, that oh, that oh, that's, I wear them. <laughs> that's amazing. He yeah. looks sweet, man. Yeah. yeah. Lemon. <laughs> he stuffs. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, man. I genuinely appreciate you coming on. Um, Remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items, things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter Into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression By partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to effect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. End of the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes, get over there, check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up Into the AM. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.